I'm turning on the grill. Beep, boop. That's not the sound the grill makes. Hey there, bun buddies, and welcome to License to Grill, a Bob's Burgers podcast brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. I am your host, Zalza Zane, and with me is my princess mayonnaise. Kim, I was going to call myself the sensuous suave, and then... <laughs> <laughs> I'll be your princess mayonnaise. Aw. This week, we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 4, Burger Boss, enjoying a papaya was a Rolling Stone burger, and testing our knowledge with trivia. And with that, let's get on with the episode. Hey, Kim, do you have some episode information for me? What? Never. This is like the first time I've ever done this, but thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) So Season 2, Episode 4, Burger Boss, aired on April 1st, 2012. It was written by Scott Jacobson and directed by Jennifer Coyle, who directed several episodes in our first season. Mm-hmm. It also has an IMDb rating of 8.6. And now for the synopsis. Synopses? Bob becomes Snickers. obsessed with an old-school burger-flipping video game after his business rival Jimmy Pesto gets the highest score and writes an insulting message about him on the leaderboard. And for me, the synopsis I got was, Bob becomes a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any first appearances for this episode? Yes, there are two first appearances. The first of Daryl, D-R-L, as we'll later learn him to be, is voiced by none other than Aziz Ansari, who plays Tom Haverford in Parks and Recreation. He's also a creator of the Netflix series Master of None. And also, first appearance of everyone's favorite security guard, Yuli, who is voiced by Robert Smeagol, who is known as being a writer on both SNL and the Conan O'Brien talk show. Wow. Do you know what the tag on the security guard's shirt said? Security. Yep, that was going to be my easy question as well. (laughs) Stupid. I also have Tyler the Bully, the yacht president, and the mayor. So for the opening gags, the store next door is a fridge too far. Used appliances, which I thought was neat because they used a banner outside of the sign instead of a sign. Because it's a new store. The extermination van was Chester the Depester. So, fun facts. The A Bridge Too Far is based off of the 1977 movie A Bridge Too Far, uh, which was directed by Richard Attenborough, who we all know as the beloved John Hammond from Jurassic Park. I actually didn't know he was a director. I didn't know he was really an actor, really, aside from Jurassic Park. The movie is based off of the book by the same name, which is about Operation Market Garden, which is a failed ally operation in a Nazi-occupied Netherlands during World War II. And it has a crazy cast, as far as ensemble casts go. So it has Sean Connery, Michael Caine, Anthony Hopkins, Robert Redford, James Caan, Gene Hackman, and the rest. Like, that's for a 1977 movie, that's like pretty stacked. And Chester the Depester, you'll be horrified to learn, was based off of a comic strip that was in Hustler for 13 years called Chester the Molester. So this was a... So yeah, no, no, this was like a real thing. And when you think of molester, boy, are you exactly what it, what you think it is. I did a bit of a deep dive, and honestly, I was horrified. So it was a comic strip by Dwayne B. Tinsley. He was a cartoon editor for Hustler. The premise of the strip was a tongue-in-cheek take on a man, Chester, who was interested in sexually molesting women 
and prepubescent girls. And by tongue-in-cheek, it is not tongue-in-cheek at all. It's like literally he's jumping out of a plane with a coat and opening at an unsuspecting woman. Or there's another one where he's holding the hand of a girl, like a girl in a little dress with a bow in her hair and they're walking up to a hotel room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and hey, shockingly, this guy was accused of molesting one of his daughters. Mm, wow, that's yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like, I deep dived into it and regretted it. <laughs> Yay, Hustler Magazine, the epitome of taste and class. I mean, I assume they think it's funny. That's why they put something in it. Well, my guess is H. John Benjamin is probably like from the generation when he was like a teenager and looking at dirty magazines. He probably saw that, you know, like so it ran from 1977 to 1990. You know, like boys find dirty magazines in the middle of the forest or like down by the river. Oh, yeah. Classic Woodsport. <laughs> Are you saying that doesn't happen, or are you agreeing? I mean, that's a classic formative thing for teenagers. I was going to say, because I remember my brothers found Playboy magazines down by the river. Also, Frank Reynolds had wood stashes, and oh, it's always sunny. That's correct. Yeah, the classic wood stash for pornography. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's some fun fun uh, details. I have some more fun stuff about not disgusting things, but of the Burger Boss video game, which we'll get into. Okay. Do we want to start talking about the episode first? Yeah. Well, when we get to the Burger Boss, we can jump into different facts about that. Okay. Well, we open the episode on the restaurant with music playing from a video game, which is immediately next to the counter. very classic like 8-bit midi file song and we see the arcade case for burger boss which is a general sort of nod to uh, burger time which was a 1982 arcade game that was developed by data east uh, you play as chef peter pepper who must walk over hamburger ingredients located across a maze of platforms while avoiding characters who pursue him and the characters are f- food things so it's a little more Donkey Kong where you walk across the platforms and you have to build the hamburgers than it is the cool little side scroller. So it's kind of like a combination, I guess, between Donkey Kong and Super Mario. The the Burger Boss does have the Mario mustache. Bob is super jazzed about his Burger Boss skills. Yeah, he says he's excited to have it in the restaurant and kind of falls into this nostalgia moment where he talks about how he was the best in his entire school. And it's interesting because I made a note here saying the previous episode, they got the soft serve machine. And now they have an arcade. So clearly he got a bank loan from somewhere, right? Because they don't have any money. That's fair. But I feel like old arcade machines are not super expensive. They actually did research on that because I was curious. Because Bob later on specifically mentions that he thinks it could bring in some real business to help them get a new vent hood for the stove. So a new vent hood costs around $4,000. Okay. It's a lot of quarters. And an arcade game costs between eight and nine hundred dollars. That's moderately pretty... reasonable, yeah. Compared to a soft serve ice cream machine, which I imagine is what, like maybe three hundred, four hundred dollars. So it's like almost two G's worth of stuff he's bought in like two weeks. That's fair. Were you the best at anything in your school? The best at being me. Awesome. And being socially awkward, probably. Well, you had to be in order to learn the traits to look out for as your therapy skills. Yeah, I was the best at being bad at magic and getting upset about it. Flip any tables? Um, no, but I definitely flipped cards at people. What about you? The closest I came was 
when Watch Dogs, the game, first came out, and I was third place in Canada for their promotional iPhone app, where you were going around towns and claiming territories and all this stuff. I ended up winning a bunch of cool shirts and hats. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So when Bob starts talking about how he was the best in his entire school, <laughs> Louise exclaims, wow, we would not have been friends. And Bob is, I think we would have. I was very cool. Tina says, I'd be your friend. I don't care if nobody likes you. Woof. <laughs> and then Jean makes her pick. He says, him or us, Tina. And Tina's like, don't make me choose. Do you think we would have been friends in high school? No. I mean, probably, actually. Mm, I don't know. You used to wear a fedora. Trilby, thank you. I mean, it's the same thing. I feel like if we had encountered each other through friends, we would have been friends. Yeah, maybe. But we would not have gravitated toward each other on our own. I was friends with some really nerdy people in high school, though. Yeah, but I didn't do a whole lot in high school, and I would have been too exhausted and tired to even, like, think about approaching you. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So when Bob talks about how it could bring in some real business and wants the new vent hood, Linda says that what would be a better choice is sailing lessons or gift cards is what tina says because there is good as cash louise wants an island and gene says he wants a smaller island nearby for farting fart island fart island smart and then linda chimes in again does somebody say sailing lessons great idea and then there's a further day a debate about the fart island and sailing lessons i don't get why linda would be into sailing in my mind She's already been reading her sailor books, and that's why she's into sailing lessons right now? Yep, probably. Because I don't think she's expressed interest in sailing lessons up to this point. No, but it is sort of like a classy thing. And I feel like low-key Linda maybe feels bad about the family, because they're kind of just like a regular family. She wants excitement. Sailing is exciting. But I think you're probably right. I think she's probably already deep-dived into her obsession with high seas romance novels let's get cracking <laughs> crack it to me bait and switch master bait and switch nice. oh yeah uh so we see bob playing moby the dick <laughs> call me dick mail Dick Miller, there you go. So Bob starts playing the game, uh, and he gets to 80,000 points, and he puts in his name, Bob One. Now, I was really lucky, because I was one of those people, I mean, I never thought they had four letters. I always thought that there were three letters. Maybe it's three letters in Canada, four letters in the U.S.? Maybe. So I was really lucky that I had a name that had three, so it was always super easy. Just put in a good K-I-M. What did you used to put in? Yeah, I'll put in my initials. Did you get ever get any noticeable high scores? I wasn't a big arcade guy. Most most of my gaming was on Xbox, and then that was with friends where they would just clobber me and be upset that I was on their team if I was on their team. That's depressing. I don't remember playing many either. I think I, we mostly did it on, like, the Nintendo. Like, we had the emulator Nintendos. Oh, yeah. So in a lot of, like, the arcade type games, you could put your name. Bob puts his name in. It's Bob 1. Because Bob 1. Because, because Bob 1. Enters... Jimmy Pesto. And he seems very excited that there's a Burger Boss game. And uh, Bob encourages him to beat his score. And beat his score, he does. Now, one of the things that I noted is that when Pesto starts playing, he gets real sexual with it. Yeah. As soon as he started moaning, growing, like, nope, get out. There are kids here. He's like, like how these fingers feel? Yeah, you do. Bet you never had it this good. Oh, you make me feel like a king. It's a whole vibe and everyone picks up on it. And Bob mentions, like you said, my kids are right here. And Gene says, please stop releasing it. <laughs> 
Yeah, but Bob's ego wrote a check his score couldn't cash. Oh, yeah. Jimmy, I, I don't know how long he plays for, but he's there for a time, and he gets 300,000 points. And uh, <laughs> Pesto's... Okay, this is a good line, and I like it, even though it's just Pesto sucks. So, it's call me next time you think you're good at something. Mm. <laughs> and, of course, instead of Bob one, he puts Bob sucks. S-U-X. So, again, I guess it's, I guess it's six letters? There seems to be a space in there, too. Seven? Like, it's like a license plate or yeah. something? It's a phone number? As many as they wanted it to be. Then why didn't he spell Bob W-O-N? I guess it's funnier with one. Why didn't Daryl spell his whole name? Yeah, Daryl. Um, and so Jimmy Pesto leaves laughing. Bob yells after him. Next time I'm going to put in Jimmy Pesto is an idiot and doesn't know how to spell sucks and he's dumb. And then Louis says he's gone, Dad. And of course, Pisto. <laughs> Pesto is gone. He's disappeared into the night like Batman. Like a piss in the wind. It's like a tuxedo mask. He flourished with his cape and it's gone. Although he did something. He didn't even do anything. <laughs> so they actually try unplugging it, I guess, to reset the score. And I think for a time, you could do that. But I also remember, was it a Simpsons episode where he had the high score and he wanted to preserve it? And so he had the extension cable or something and they were trying to switch where it was. That sounds familiar. Yeah. And they were trying to do it so quick that it didn't have time to erase or something. Yeah, I'm going to look it up. Fun fact, I know a little bit about this. So the way that pinball machines and also arcade cabinets are made after like 1990 is that they have an internal battery for the memory, just like in Nintendo cartridges. So that's why your score is preserved on those games when you move the cartridge around. So you'd have to open up the back panel and take out the battery for the memory card before you could erase the high scores now. Although some of them have like a switch you can switch as well to whatever, 24-hour mode or something on the more modern ones so that it erases after a certain length of time. I think it's Frogger. Oh, I think it's Seinfeld. There's a Seinfeld episode. We we looked it up. We edited it for so you guys didn't hear us panting into our microphones as we furiously googled but it was a Seinfeld episode called the Frogger and it was George Costanza and he had the high score in Frogger and I guess he bought the machine and was going to take it home thinking to preserve his score forever but then he realized that taking turning the power off would erase his score so it must have been before the year that you said and uh so he has all of these extension cables to get it back to his place stupid Seinfeld sigh Filled. So uh, when it doesn't erase, Bob says he'll take care of himself. And Linda tells him, and I like this line too, hurry up. It's the kids' night to do dishes, so we have to redo them before we go to bed. I mean, it's true. Kids aren't very good at doing chores. At least they're trying. Well, at least they're told they have to. Are they trying, though, if you only do a half-assed job? I mean, is it half-assed or is it just they're children and suck? Yeah, should be kids suck. Instead of Bob sucks. Uh, Bob ends up staying up all night. When was the last time you stayed up all night and played a video game? So, I was thinking about that. The last time I stayed up all night playing video games was with you, Sea of Thieves. Yeah, I was thinking that was probably the last time, too. I have done, like, literally all-nighters when I played stuff like Sukoden on the PlayStation 1. Sukoden? I don't want to pretend like I can say it in a Japanese way. <laughs> so I played that a whole bunch, and I stayed up really, really late to playing it. And then we used to do, like, LAN parties. But, yeah, the last time was when we played Sea of Thieves. We used to do, like, 12-hour sea sessions. Yeah. Me and my buddies used to do whatever the new hotness game was. We did Gears of War. We did the Halos. I'm sure there was a few others that we all bought together and would play together all night. Yeah, I remember doing, like... 
I don't think it was on release night, but I did do like a midnight release of Halo 2 on the, um, the Xbox. And my boss and like his friends and stuff who I'm friends with now, we used to do like four Xboxes like set up or the two, what, however many you could set up. Mm-hmm. And we'd have one group upstairs and one group downstairs. You just hear us like yelling at each other. <laughs> So, so, so Bob's played all night. Linda's obviously very upset. She's had enough of Jimmy Pesto and Bob's being racist. Yeah, being racist is a bit weird way to put that. Uh, which, of course, is pissing contest. And then there's this flashback of them hosing down the sidewalks, very much having a pissing contest, like the literal, and it not going well. Particularly for Bob, it never seems to go well for Bob. He just gets too into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we cut to Bob, who has been playing the game again, and he goes, kids, I did it! And they went, you'd beat Jimmy Pesto? And he goes, no, I only bro- I broke a thousand dollars. Or, I broke a hundred thousand points. And Gene says, fantastic and then leans over to tina and goes wasn't obvious i didn't care yeah the kids can't even pretend to care about anything that bob cares about yeah and tina just says just smile and nod (laughs) it's interesting because it's not like like what is he doing it for like i could i could understand if it was to like like impress your wife or like impress your kids you know to do it if gene had the highest score and then jimmy came in and was like gene sucks I could see Bob being like, I gotta fix this because he's my kid. But he's doing it for himself. It sounds like an ego issue. Yeah, and then he's, the he's, rivalry with Jimmy. Yeah, he's a very proud, proud man. He just can't swallow his pride. Oh, and he deals with the consequences because uh, as he steps away from the game, Linda points out that his hands are mangled. He is suffering from the claw. <laughs> Gene appropriately calls out Red Rum, Red Rum, which is a Shining reference. And uh, Danny Torres sees murder in the reflection of, of the mirror. Teddy says, oh, sounds like you got to be careful. Otherwise, you're going to get the carpal tunnel. I can relate. You got a carpal tunnel from video games? Yeah, they actually call it Gamer Thumb. I looked it up, and I have one of those wrist guards like Bob has. I think the worst injury I ever had from video games was during the Mario Party 1 days, where there was one mini game that you had to spin the joystick as fast and as hard as you can. And the pro strat for that was palm on the joystick and... But at some point, my whole hand became just one giant blister. Yeah, I've been there on my thumb. I think it was, it was a weekend and my brother and I had rented a Dreamcast, a Sega Dreamcast, which is honestly still one of the best machines out there. I'm sad that it never took off. And uh, we had Resident Evil Code Veronica and also Marvel vs. Capcom 2, which is one of my favorite fighting games. And the same thing, it was my thumb, my whole, the whole pad of my thumb had basically become just like a big juicy blister and then what i ended up doing and this is super gross guys so if you don't like hearing about it uh move forward about 10 seconds i popped it and put a band-aid over it and kept playing because <laughs> we had rented that machine for a weekend <laughs> i needed to get my money's worth game injuries are legit mm-hmm. bob thinks he's just cramped and it feels like it's because he's dehydrated but he of course cannot pick up the glass and then does this gross thing where he leans in and tries to like lick it up like a cat or a dog real gross and uh, bob says maybe i should see a doctor otherwise i have to stop playing <laughs> that sounds like a pretty typical kind of guy thing won't go to a doctor for any other reason unless it stops you from doing the thing you want to do yeah pretty much and then we see him sitting on the couch with two wrist guards which i recognize he calls them splints but they're you can buy them on amazon i like i said i have one gene asks if they shoot webs whips 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 <laughs> we 
Maggie's asks if they're getting a falcon. And Tina says they're kind of sexy. They look like wrist corsets. That's fun. And Bob says that between the splints and the meds, he is good to go. Him and Linda get into this bit of a conversation where, what, the doctor said you could keep playing? And he goes, yes. She goes, you're lying. Your eyes cross when you're lying. And he's like, he tries to say it again and you actually see his eyes cross and it is wild. It looks so weird. And Second uh, favorite to derange Bob. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, she goes, what will you do with your hands? Which is such a good point. He literally, he and him and his wife run the restaurant and he is the chef. And so if he's out of commission, he's the source of income. Pride, man. Get Louise to do it. Louise seems keen on the restaurant. I don't know. She seems, she probably seems keen on the cooking part or coming up with the burgers of the day. And Tina is uh, secondhand on the grill in season one. That's true. That's true. I guess Tina could do it. Supervised, Uh, but yeah. Yeah. So the kids say like, yeah, how would we hitchhike across America? Tina asks who's going to play the harp at her wedding. Jean says, what about our famous father-son close-up magic team? Close-up magic. The dessert of magic. (laughs) So again, Bob stays up all night and oversleeps. The clock is 9.53 a.m., which is a weird thing because back in my day, we always used to look for weird clocks and 9.53 was one of them because 9.53 was 95.3 ZFM, which was one of the radio stations in Vancouver. I know, super weird. <laughs> it's so weird. All right. We <laughs> couldn't, couldn't do 99.3, which is the Fox, because there's no 93 minute. All anyways. Right. But yeah, 953 or 333. 333 is the witching hour. That's when weird stuff happens. If you're going to get attacked by a ghost or a demon, that's when it's going to happen. And then the next morning, the machine is gone. Uh, and they get into a pretty big fight. Lynn says that he has a problem and this is an intervention. Bob says that he has to leave no stone unturned. He's Turning all the stones! And then probably one of the most quoted Linda lines. She goes, I did it because I love you. Like you took away the credit card because of the porcelain babies. And then it cuts to her sitting at her like little vanity with a her it covered in these like weird porcelain fat babies in blue and pink. And she sings a song. If you're not real, then how come I feel this way? Little babies. <laughs> And starts smooching them all. And then starts smooching them while you see Pop just standing in the doorway. And that's, you know, when he goes, I have to take the credit card away. You know what? Getting rid of the game is probably for his own good. Yeah. It's, you know, a good call to get therapy as well. I mean, that's two nights. Two nights of staying up basically all night playing a game. I mean. At that point. Well, I mean, he's a 60-year-old man. He's not 60. (laughs) (laughs) The machine is gone. Bob sees it on the back of a truck. He runs outside. Pesto's there. You know, Pesto says, Genie's out of the bottle. Everyone will know Bob sucks. And the machine drives off. And Bob says, I'm going to find that game. And when I do, damn it. And when he looks, Pesto's gone. Disappears like Darkwing Duck. I do like that Speedo Skates guy is racing around him in circles. Yeah, roller skate dude. That's what I call him. Because he's like such a like a dude. And he goes, you might want to check out Family Fun Time. It's where games go to die. Bleep, bloop, bleep. That's the sound of a game dying. As he skates off into the sunset. Mm-hmm. Love roller skate guy. Uh, and then we arrive at Family Fun Time, where we meet the security guard, Yuli. There's this awesome sign. And I actually really, I have to say, I actually really appreciate the no kids, no adults. Like if you're not a... No adults admitted 
admitted without children? Yeah, whatever the sign says. Adults can't go in there without kids. Because kids need places where they can go and not get harassed or bothered by adults. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's kind of cool. <laughs> Yuli tells Bobby can't go in. Bob does the old, I have a fake badge in my wallet gag. Yuli is no fool. Uh, he should have had a costume. He should have had a cop outfit. Like I would have loved to see him come back as, oh, I'm here. I am uh, Boris. I'm here to fix the game. Get out of here. <laughs> Oh, I'm a cop. I'm here to inspect the borders for drugs. That would have been funny if he did some, like, quick times. Yep. And then came in wearing, like, one of those beanie hats with, like, the propeller and, like, suspenders and shorts and just pretended to be a kid. I would have loved it if he just walked up, turned around, and walked away like, I don't even know why I thought this was going to work. <laughs> with, like, a big lolly. Yeah. <laughs> Like Mr. Burns pretending to be a child. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then does the the uh, Grandpa Simpson in the brothel. Yep. <laughs> Just like walking. Nope. All right. <laughs> and then he literally goes home to get the kids. Yep. Runs home. And he convinces Linda that it's a secret for her. Tina is like, I don't have a thing planned until my next birthday, which I thought was kind of sad. We have a thing. It's a surprise for you, Linda. I don't have a thing planned till my next birthday. Linda thinks it's asks if it has anything to do with jazz. And then figures it's sailing lessons and Bob just says, yeah, 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 that's what it is. I like how they're having this conversation because Bob like starts clearing the kids plates while they're eating dinner. And while he tries to grab his jeans plate, he's still like trying to mow down his mashed potatoes. Yeah, this is the third time that's happened to Gene. Yeah. People keep taking away his food. That's a mistake. Don't take food from a hungry, hungry boy. Yeah. Me and my brothers were like little piranhas at the table. <clears throat> Don't get your hands in the way. Because you're going to get bit. You're going to get nibbled on. Uh, Linda's excited because they can join the yacht club and wear sweaters around their necks and drink gin and tonics, even though they're kids, and wear shoes without socks and have private fireworks, pow! They could have regular tonics. Just tonic water? (laughs) It's terrible and I hate it. I was going to say, that's like the flavor you get when you're getting a fountain drink and the syrup is out. Yep. I remember that happening once. We went, one of the times I actually got to hang out with my dad. We got to get like those insulated big gulp cups. I know. He obviously had money that time. I wanted Hawaiian punch. I don't know why. Fuzzy Hawaiian. They had like fizzy Hawaiian punch at one point. I filled it. Didn't try it. And then when we went to wherever we were going, it was just red tonic water. (laughs) It was awful. I was like seven. I was so bummed out. It tastes like television static. Yeah, 100%. And I'm someone who likes drinking gin and tonics. As they're walking, you see the kids and Bob walking down towards the family fun time. Gene says he's going to be a stowaway on a boat and fight a rat for a block of cheese. Tina says if we see a mermaid, I'm going to ask where their mergina is. You laughed so hard at that one. It's funny, but also they wouldn't have a vagina or a mergina, right? External procreation. Yeah, like in Futurama, she would like lay her eggs and then he does his business. And then Friar runs away screaming. (laughs) Louise calls him a bunch of rubes because she knows what's what. They arrive at family fun time and Bob says, if he asks, you're my kids. Louise's like, we are your kids. He's like, yeah, but rub it in his face. So Jean walks by and goes, we were made by this guy. And uh, Louise says, yeah, he had sex and then we happened. That was so good. Yeah, that was great. And Yuri just says, they're beautiful. (laughs) And then Bob rewards them with f***ing 
missing one token. More? Some more? More? Can't do anything with one. Can't do anything with one token. Gene says that instead of playing games, because they obviously can't, they could go look at interesting throw-ups and goes, there's one. Oh, and there's one. And there's one. Louis says, what's free? Loading. Free loading. Let's crash some parties. They sure do. They crash so many parties. I honestly think that's like one of my favorite things. Like one of their kids' favorites. My favorite scam the kids do is sneak into parties. Because I wish I had been clever enough to do that. I would have gone to Chuck E. Cheese every weekend. Did you know that Chuck E. Cheese's middle name is Entertainment? Yeah. Charles Entertainment Entertainment Cheese. Cheese. This is super knocked off of Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, for sure. There's a dinosaur and an ostrich and a dog, I think. I wrote it down. Bear. Robo Jug Band. Yeah. He's not just a regular arcade. It's an arcade with a Chuck E. Cheese in it. Yep. And um, so the first party that they crash, the mom's there handing out cake. And she goes, how do you know Kevin? Tina says, from soccer. Louise says, from church. Uh, And Jean says, from Desert Storm. What a pull, man. Yeah, it's good. And then we see Bob at the Burger Boss game. And uh, he's having a hard time and this kid walks up to him and goes oh, there's a ketchup coming in three two one and he dies bob basically kind of tells the kid to get lost as he walks away you see in his backpack he has like drl written on it and then bob recognizes that literally every game in the arcade has the initials drl every game such as moats ninja police and battle bellies there's more than that it's like gunfighter three and drive fast pew pew and the rest <laughs> And the rest. Daryl asked him what's wrong with his hands and asked if it's polio, which I thought was funny. And then asked Bob if he had a job or if he lived with home. I lived with his mom. And he goes, yeah, I have a, I have a job. What do you do? I run a burger restaurant. So you can get better at the game. It's unrelated. It is very related. I like that Daryl just cuts straight to the point. It's like, look, let's get this exposition out of the way. Who are you? What do you do? What do you want? Why are you here? Otherwise, he might be a Chester DePester. Nice. Bob emphasizes that he needs to beat the high score and he keeps getting stuck at level 29 because of the chicken leg. What does that have to do with the game? Fair. Unless it's a chicken leg burger. Or wings on the side of a burger. No, it's very much like a leg. Chicken leg! Ah, the two mortal combatants, chicken or burger. (laughs) They seem to bond over their bullies. Daryl mentions that he has a bully named Tyler who beats him up. Beats him up every day. Beats him up every day. Basically offers to fix Bob's score. Bob says that he wants to learn how to beat the game. He wants to do it himself. Daryl's like, I don't know, man. Your technique is sloppy. Why are you standing so far away from the machine? You got to press your wiener right up against it. I mean, I get it. That is the stance, but you don't have to frame it like that. And so the agreement is he'll teach him how to play the game if he beats up 12-year-old Tyler. Should be easy. Yeah, but he's an adult. You don't beat up a kid. Well, we'll get there. (laughs) And uh, Bob, they can't shake on it. So (laughs) Daryl offers to E.T. it, which I thought was great. When he offers that, Bob says, God, I almost want to beat you up. Rude. Then we're back at home and we see uh, Linda reading The Seaman's Wife. Shouldn't it be the wife, Seaman? Seaman and the bride. <laughs> Seaman on the bride. Ooh. And she asks the kids what kind of knots they learned at sailing school, Knots Landing, which is a Dallas spinoff. And if you remember in the last episode, she has Dallas on VHS. Yeah. Dynasty on VHS. Well, okay. Moving on. <laughs> so the three knots that they talk about are, uh, Louise says they learned the fish's noose. Jean says they learned the walrus's surprise. And Tina says they learned the cake and ice cream. I guess it's worth mentioning that Bob and these kids come in. Jean is wearing like six party hats. 
Tina has at least one on, and her face is covered in cake. L- Linda doesn't say anything. She's too focused on sailing. <laughs> She's too focused on the seaman's wife. Ooh, those aren't hats. They're regatta pennants. <laughs> so we get back to the arcade. I, I'm supposing the next day, Bob starts taking pills. He's like, all right, let's get cracking. He pops two pills. Art starts to get high. Uh, you can see like his hands floating. And the burger boss talks to him. Yeah. Looking good, Bob. Thanks, burger boss. And uh, Daryl's like, uh-uh, video games and drugs do not mix. I mean, high scores in video games and drugs don't mix. High scores. Uh... And then they start training. And the kids are sitting at one of the parties. And Tina says, I hope you get your manhood back, Dad. One of the other kids yells out, take care of our dad, strange nerd. He's like, not a nerd. I'm a video game enthusiast. You remember when being a nerd wasn't cool? It's still not cool. Being, cooler. Being an attractive nerd is cool. Being Henry Cavill is cool. I don't know. Having glasses that don't really help you see but are there for style purposes is cool. Hey, uh, no, I think, well. I think there's a level of cool you have to be and then adopt nerdy traits versus the nerdy traits being the cool part. I don't, I disagree with that. I just, I think there's lots of cool nerdy people that aren't like super hot, which is like really what you're getting in. To be fair, I also think Henry Cavill is, Cavill is a total douchebag. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of stuff that's coming out about him that's not great. Yeah. So I mean, it's cool that he likes games and stuff, and same with Joe, the bodybuilder guy. Joe, Joe Pesci? Hey, don't touch my video games. <laughs> you laughing at me? What am I, a video game playing clown to you? <laughs> uh, no, he, he was in uh, True Blood. He's married to Sophie Vergara. Joe Mangiello. Yeah, but he's a big nerd, and I mean, yeah, he's hot, but... But he's cool for a lot of reasons, and I don't feel like the nerd portion is what made him cool, as much as he's been cool before that, and, like, caring about people and everything else, and then it came out that he's also a nerd. Yeah, because people hide being a nerd, because being a nerd wasn't cool. Yeah, and he's bringing it out in the mainstream, which is cool, but it wasn't the nerd part that was the cool part. I mean, I think he's cooler because he's a nerd. I didn't care about him. Yeah, but that's because we're awesome and we're nerds. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't like him until I found out he liked D&D. Oh. Well, I wouldn't say wouldn't like. I didn't care until Mm -hmm. I found out that he loved D&D. Same with Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel is fine, and then when I found out that he was, like, really big into D&D, I was like, all right, respect. I like you more. All right. Same with uh, Deborah her name but she's also in true blood and she was karen page in the daredevil tv series so much cooler the fact that you found out that she likes to dm matthew lillard scooby so much cooler just saying fair people hide that they're nerds because people are ashamed of being a nerd like that's because there was a whole bunch of satanic panic and everything's the devil and then it got shoved into the closet because of one kid who committed suicide and they happened to find a D book in his closet and decided to blame that instead of his psychological torment from his family and him needing therapy and being bullied yep so but that's it though bullies made us not be nerds and now being a nerd is okay anyways he's not a nerd he's a video game enthusiast and then we get an 80s training montage including the song groping for glory you're groping for glory And while we're doing scenes, so the scenes cut between Bob training with Daryl, the kids enjoying like a million birthday cakes and playing skee ball and all sorts of other really fun things. And uh, Linda getting to chill out at home reading sexy books. 
This has got to be over the course of a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll, yeah, at least a, at least a week. Because Linda has like three baths during this montage with three different books. Hey, man, you can read a book real fast when you're not distracted by an idiot husband and annoying kids. I feel like that's the kind of book you want to read real slow. <laughs> They're hard to read slow because you want to get to the good parts. Mm. We also see Daryl riding around on Bob's back like Yoda. <laughs> that's true yeah that's a good reference two of the books that she reads is she she reads all hands on rick and ahoy mating which i thought was great mm-hmm. we cut to and this is probably one of my favorite lines in all of bob's burgers is the three kids sitting at a table and gene says i've eaten nine birthday cakes and i still feel empty who are these people who are you who am i getting existential in here i've been there kid the kids ultimately have lost the rush from sneaking into birthday parties because they haven't been caught. How many times can you lift a kid on a chair and, and do like the, the traditional Jewish dance with them? How many times can you beat up a pinata? It gets old. Mm-hmm. So they have to look for some new excitement. So they sneak out. They bail. They see that there's a bunch of people gathering at the yacht club. So they decide to go in. And Jean says, no more cake. <laughs> Louise goes, what about crab cake? Jean's like, I'll make room. I don't think I've ever had crab cakes. Crab cakes are good. If you like crab, that's one of the key points. Mm. Because it's like in the name. So it's very dominantly crab. But what if you don't like cake? That's stupid. If you don't like cake, but you do like crab, is that... Not liking cake is just stupid. It's just just dumb. I don't know how you could not like cake. And like, how do you not like all cake? Because there's different types. There's vanilla cake. There's chocolate cake. There's carrot cake. There's like sheet cake. There's ice cream cake. There's different icings you put on cake, cheesecake. Listeners, email us at ultimatetabletopnetwork at gmail.com and let us know what kind of cake you like or hate. Don't email us if you don't like cake. I don't want to hear it. This doesn't make sense. I like that the kids were almost stopped by a security guard there, just like Bob was almost stopped by a security guard at the arcade. It also made me think of that Sailor Moon episode that we watched recently where Sailor Moon like transforms into the princess to get into the masquerade ball. And <laughs> she's just like, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so, and just keeps walking. And the guy is like so kind of flustered. He doesn't stop her. Same here. So they're, he- they're here for the orphan benefit toss without yachts, which is awesome. That sounds like a real thing. It does. Louise says she's an orphan. Jean says he's Whit Worthington's ward, Wayne. Say that five times fast. And Tina says she's there to change the lighthouse light bulb. (laughs) So good. Jean bumps into one of the servers and takes the plate. It looks like they have uh, some sort of like... Bacon-wrapped scallops. Yeah, bacon-wrapped scallops, yeah. And he just takes the whole thing and goes, make me a pizza bagel. And he goes, and this is for your efforts. Just pulls out like a stream of uh, skee-ball tickets and tucks it into his shirt. And he goes, there's more where that came from. Keep this guy happy. And then back at the arcade, we meet Tyler. Daryl acts pretty quick. He goes, okay, now's the time. He reaches into his backpack and pulls out the Karate Kid bandana and puts it around uh, Bob's forehead. And he goes, this makes you look tough. And then he rips off his sleeves and goes, this will make you act tough. (laughs) And Bob's like, I don't have a lot of shirts. Don't do that. And he's like, oh, I thought they would have made your arms look bigger. And he's like, let me put these back. He tries to push the sleeves back up on his shoulders. Also gives him like bicep armbands. Yeah, the bicep bands. Yeah. And uh, Tyler says, it's punch 30. He also has a, a sidekick like Trev. There's like, that. it's like, I know Tyler's blonde. But it was very pesto Trev. 
Kind of sounds like Trev, too. Right? Because it was like, punch 30. He's like, yeah. Good I'm one, like, Trev. Yeah, good one. And uh, Daryl says, kick his ass. Bob kind of like waffles about because, of course, he's a six-year-old man and he can't beat up a kid. I'm trying to talk to him. He goes, there's obviously a race thing going on here, right? Like, what are you, black? And Daryl's like, that's not the issue. Yeah. I appreciate that they made that very clear. That's not the issue. I beat him up because he's a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bob is intensely high. And he, like, leans over to Daryl and he's like, okay, now you smile. And he looks at Tyler and he goes, now you smile. I'm so high. Push your smiles together. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we're gonna, you gotta touch your smiles together. And he's like, this is going really, really well. And then he falls asleep. And Daryl gets beat up. Daryl gets punched. It's like the punch triggers him awake. Because he snaps up real quick-like. And he looks over at Tyler. And he turns into the video game's chicken wing. And Bob goes flipping nuts. He goes Bob-listic. Bob-listic. And is chasing with the kids all around the arcade. It's wild. If you thought Bob in Shish Kebab when he's like, I tried crystal meth, I think I liked it, weirdly hitting on Linda. Oh no, this is like, this is that on steroids. And they chase them out uh, of the family fun time and usually goes, fantastic, that's not my problem. (laughs) His problem is people getting in, not people getting out. Yeah, exactly. At one point he throws a garbage lid, like a Ninja Star or Captain America shield. Tomato slice. (laughs) And it hits a car. And uh, then we go back into the yacht club and Louise is looking at the regatta pennants. And she asks what they're for. And Jean goes, it's for every octopus puss you've killed. Octopus. (laughs) Octopus you've killed. So what are those for? Those are regatta pennants. Those are for winning races against other regatta participating yacht clubs. That's a thing that I knew and didn't have to look up. Yeah, that's weird. That I knew that. Are you a yacht man? No, I think I just found it mildly interesting for five seconds. And then you stored it away in your memory forever? Yep. So Louise says she's going to steal one. Jean goes over to the guy serving the roast beef and goes, I'm going to take this and takes the roast beef rag and squeezes the juices into his mouth. Oh yeah, give me them drippings. That's gross. (laughs) Beef sweat. Mm, Right in my mouth. (laughs) Beef sweat. Tina is is flirting with an ice sculpture of a merman and goes, I wish I'd met you sooner. I wonder what you looked like 15 minutes ago. (laughs) And then she kisses him. The one thing they don't get in trouble for here. Yeah, right? At the yacht club, Tyler rushes in to his dad. Bob quickly follows. Burger Boss is going to get you. And then we cut to Linda reading Sensuous Swabby as she gets a phone call. And the phone call is, we need you to get here quickly. And so, of course, Linda thinks it's her surprise. At the Yacht Club. At the Yacht Club. And so we drift into this fantasy of Linda and the kids and Bob on a yacht. The yacht is called the All Right. <laughs> I got that note too. That was very funny. And she goes, moisten the mizzen mast. And Bob's like, what? She's like, I don't know. Do a thing. Uh, and the sail opens up with like a gust of wind and it's her drinking wine. Very, very good. She even arrives humming the Gilligan's Island theme song. And she's dressed up like she's going to yacht club. She even has like these giant, the ship wheel earrings, the striped shirt until she's wearing the shoes with no socks. Boat shoes. Yeah. What would you name a boat if you got a boat? What was the name of the boat in Jaws? The Orca. Also, it sinks. That's probably, that was also my, that's always my first one. Actually, when I used to run Jeopardy, 
in the treatment center I used to work at, it was always like pop culture Jeopardy. Final trivia question was usually that. What's the name of the boat in Jaws? For all the bacon. I don't have a boat name. I don't have anything clever to say. I was just curious. It just popped into my brain. I probably would have gone with Unsinkable 2 or Titanic 3. <laughs> That's good. Always, it was making me think too of like in Sea of Thieves when you can name a boat. What did you name your boat? Mine's dumb. Mine's like Medusa's Curse. It's like a real boat name. Oh, the Ramsey's Tears or something? Oh, yeah. It was after Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. Gorgon Ramsay. <laughs> That's good. Anyway, so uh, Linda gets led through this place and she thinks, again, she, th she thinks she's walking into this. She thinks these doors are going to open up to the trophy room and she thinks the kids are going to be there dressed up, tying knots and taking her out in a boat. So she's like, you know, she plucks champagne off of one uh, thing. She said uh, one platter. She says hi to the mayor. She's just like strolling through like she's supposed to be there. She's having and, a great time. Right? And the doors open to like wackadoo Bob holding an oar and basically beating off security guards. Beating them off left and right. Just beating them off left and right. And the guy says that the husband barged in. The kids have been stealing food and regatta pennants and oyster forks. And Bob thinks that uh, Linda is Princess Mayonnaise. So he's like, let's go back to back. They won't be able to get us. And Linda, still hoping for the best, goes, is this sailing class? And Louise totally tells on Bob. Just, oh, my God. Just says that he, uh, no sailing lessons, that he's been taking the kids and going to the family fun time to get better at Burger Boss. And Gene says now he's in a K-hole. Well, they have to distract from their bad doings. That's true. And then Tyler jumps in too and he goes, you made me kiss another kid. And Gene goes, you deserved it. <clears throat> Gene says that they were parting their nuts off. And Tina goes, yeah, we were parting your butts off. Gene goes, I said nuts. Yeah, Gene is wild in this episode. He's had way too much sugar. Way too much sugar. Too much sugar and scallop. He's just had food. He's on that rich food bender. <laughs> Jimmy wanders in to the room wearing like just the worst suit ever. It's green and white and red like the Italian flag. His cummerbund is an the Italian flag. The Italian flag, flag yeah. Just to f and he has a cigar that looks unlit. I never saw smoke trailing out of it, did you? I don't think I did, but I don't think you'd want to light it inside at this point because it's against the law. Not in a yacht club. You can do whatever the fuck you want if you have money. Mm, Jimmy goes, true. he's not a member, but he's at the top of the wait list. And Linda says, this is all your fault for writing Bob Sucks. You're just as pathetic, you and your peeing races. The Yacht Club president's like, peeing races? And then someone yells out, that sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Linda grabs Bob by the ear, pulls him out, and she goes, you're nothing but a pill-popping liar. The server from earlier comes up and presents Gene with the mini pizza bagel. Your mini pizza bagel, sir. I don't even want it anymore. Hold on. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I love Jean. Leading up to the end of the episode, uh, we're back in the restaurant. And of course, Bob goes, I'm sorry I lied. Jean chimes in and did drugs. Louise chimes in and used children. And then Tina says, use it or lose it. Right, Dad? <laughs> and, uh, Linda goes, that's okay. I didn't want to be on the yacht with them anyways. He's like, yeah, if, there's gonna be, if we're going to be banned from anything from life, it might as well, uh, might as well be that. And Gene goes, yeah, their caviar was too salty. Bob's like, caviar is supposed to be salty. He's like, nah, I'm pretty sure they sprinkle salt on top of it. Where would you get banned for life from? Um, Probably a lot of places. I can be really loud when I want to be. Church protest for stupid people, like an anti-vaxxer protest. Get banned for life from all anti-vaxxer protests? Yeah. 
probably. What about you? Uh, I've got uh, the Museum of Christmas and Sad Ding Dongs. What? That'd be a place that I'd be banned for life from. Why sad ding dongs? Because that sucks, and <laughs> okay. I'll get banned for life from there. Uh, as well as the Neolithic period experience, because that's like a bajillion years ago when everything was just water and nothing interesting was happening. I wouldn't mind getting banned for life from there. And uh, the Republican conference. Yeah, I was thinking like anything conservative or Republican. Oh no, I can never go back there. Yeah. Uh, and then Daryl comes in. He sees Linda and he goes, you must be Bob's wife. And then looks to Bob and goes, she does have big boobs. And like Linda looks down and kind of like chuckles and Bob's like, yeah, I must have said it when I was high. He does have big boobies. <laughs> she does have big boobies. And then Daryl says, I don't want to be like you. I don't want to be a six year old still battling his bully. I like that. He's not going to be bothered with Tyler anymore. Bob chimes in and he goes, I'm not 60, but I'm glad I could help. I'm okay with Bob sucks. And then Linda kind of like, she's like, Linda's like, yay. And she kind of like walks off screen. Meanwhile, he like goes into the register and pulls out some money and passes it to Daryl. And he goes, you're going to knock Bob sucks off the leaderboard, right? Yeah. The kids all chime in and say, yeah, instead you can write in dumb Bob or fat Bob or hi, Bob. And that's the end of the episode. And then we get some great. An 8-bit meaty file musical ending. A musical experience. Overall, really like the episode. Mm -hmm. It was very fun and took us to a lot of new places in town. Yeah, first introduction of the family fun time. And the Yacht Club. And the Yacht Club. And uh, I like the kids having a good time. Mm -hmm. I like how they found a way to like worm them together. Daryl's cool. I, I appreciate like... the kids just go wherever they want. Like, yeah, yeah. Toss Without Yachts is pretty great. <laughs> I still like the, I've eaten nine birthday cakes. I still feel empty. Oh. Is that your quote of the episode? Yeah, 100%. It's one of my favorite, like I said, it's one of my favorite quotes in the whole show. All right. All right. Are we going on a boat now? I'm on a boat with my flippy floppies, watching dolphins and shit. You know the Lonely Island song, I'm on a boat? Right, yep. Anyways, time for some trivia. Robot voice. You know what that sound is. It's time for me to get seven points. Maybe. It's only six points. Well, maybe a bonus. Maybe. <laughs> For all you new listeners out there, we do a trivia contest every season. Each episode, one of us asks the other three questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, worth one, two, and three points respectively. Today, it is my turn to be the quiz master. I'm ready for my six points, Mr. DeVille. <laughs> Excellent. Maybe. Hopefully. I don't know why. Something about this week? I'm a little nervous. That's the name of the boat. Bonus point. All right. So for the easy question, what three books does Linda read in this episode? Are you kidding me? It's actually four books. Yeah, but I only need three. Well, that's not what the question was. Is out of the four books, list three of them. Out of the four books that Linda reads in this episode. <laughs> that's the easy question? Yeah. my life. Um, there is... That's why you only have to name three. There's the Sensuous Swabby. Okay. The Seaman's Wife. Uh-huh. All Hands on Rick. Yep. And Ahoy Mating. Nice. So you got three and a fourth one, so congratulations. That's one point for you. Uh-huh. Uh, well, you don't seem too excited about that. I thought that was going to be like the middle or hard question. <laughs> oh, boy. You yeah. don't even know. All right. If you ask me what the regatta pen pennants look like, I'm going to throw something at you. No, 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 no. 
Oh, we also have our very favorite burger dog with us. Yeah, she's playing on the ground behind us. <laughs> with her good. burger toys. It's a gingerbread man, but that's okay. All right. She doesn't have burger toys. She does not have Oh, have she one. has a turkey burger. Yeah. All right. Turkey burger. She has a pizza and taco. We mostly buy her taco toys, though, because she's from Mexico. All right. And for your medium question, what are the three knots that the kids say that they learned in sailing lessons? There is the walrus's surprise. Mm-hmm. There is the cake and ice cream. Uh-huh. God, what was the one Louise said? Oh, the fish noose. Good job. That's two points. I almost forgot that one. Oh, it was, you were in the danger zone there. For your hard question. What themes of parties do the kids crash in this episode? By themes, you mean what's on the cake? And a lot of themes have to do with their hats, too. Oh, yeah. Well, there's pirate. Mm -hmm. There's a train. A non-copyright infringing blue train. <laughs> <laughs> there's a horse one. Soccer, I think. I got sports because I couldn't tell. Yeah. No, I know there's a, there's definitely a football one. Okay. So football. I think there's like a... There's definitely a train. Train, football, horse, pirate. I think there's a dog, like a blue dog on one. Might be a blue teddy bear. It looked like a bear to me for that one. Yeah, blue teddy bear. How many do I need? If you can give me one more, you've got it. Rainbow, fairies. Fairies works. Yeah, the parties that I have are birthday, twins, pirate, rocket ship, dinosaur, butterfly slash fairy princess because it wasn't really clear, some kind of sports, Purple Bears, and non-copyright infringing Blue Train. Do you know the names of all the kids who have birthdays? No. Do you? Oh, I have it from the Wikipedia page. Oh, that was going to be my extra hard question. So there's Kevin, there's Jennifer, and Kirsten, the twins. There's Ron Ronnie, there's Jeff, there's Scott, there's Juan, there's Lenore, there's Spike, there's Cindy, and Timmy. How do the kids know the first kid that they crashed the party of? It's Soccer, Church, and Desert Storm. Desert Storm was my favorite. Congratulations, that is six points for you. Are you ready for some burger of the day? Always. Uh, 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 uh. Burger, burger, burger. Nom, 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 nom. All right, for all you new listeners out there in podcast land, we have been reviewing burgers since episode one. We have a 20-point scale, four categories, five points apiece to determine how good a burger is. And tonight we are reviewing Papaya Was a Rolling Stone Burger. Papaya was a rolling stone. And if you want to cook up some of the burgers of the day for yourself, please check out the description of the podcast for our Amazon affiliate link. Anything you buy from Amazon through our link really helps us out and costs you nothing. As the cheese on the affiliate burger, it also takes money out of Jeff Bezos' pocket. So, yippee! Our four categories are umami, which is savoriness, mouthfeel, emotional resonance, and reeatability. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. So the way I made this burger started with the basic patty, beef, a little olive oil, uh, egg, breadcrumbs, garlic, mushed it all up, made the patties. And while I was doing that, I had to chop up papaya, mango, squirt of orange juice, <coughs> cilantro, and mint and mix that up into a salsa. Sure did. Mm -hmm. So after I cooked the burger at 400 degrees for 10 minutes on both sides, I assembled the burger as bottom bun, lettuce, patty, salsa, and top bun. Unfortunately, I didn't have avocado, which I forgot to get, and I forgot to toast your buns. I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't think it would have made it taste better. Mm, spoilers. <laughs> so for the umami and savoriness of this burger, the patty was the good part for me. Everything else was kind of eh. I have never had papaya before. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had mango before and never liked it. It tasted very minty. <laughs> but yes, the patty was the best part for me also. I'm going to have to give this one a two for umami. I gotta give Just it, for the patty. I'm going to give it a three. J 
generous. Yeah, I didn't hate it. I thought yeah. it. I thought it tasted fine yeah. compared to some of the ones when they're all together and I put it in my mouth and I'm kind of like, yeah, okay. This one I was like, Meh. how's the mouth feel for you? Not great. No. It was very slimy. I don't like slimy. So I'm going to give it a 2.5. You know, for the mouthfeel for me, I'd probably give it a 3 because it was soft burger. I like soft burger. But, I mean, it, it didn't have any crunch. It didn't have any significant memorability there. And I really don't think the avocado would have made that much of a difference. The emotional resonance, I'm going to have to give a 4 to. <laughs> Because that was a disappointment burger. For me, it tasted like nothing. Like compared, was, compared to all the effort? Yeah, a lot of effort and a lot of ingredients that were supposed to taste good. I like mango. I like orange juice. I don't know about cilantro and mint because it just is stuff that's there. But papaya seemed fine. I don't know why it didn't taste good. Yeah, maybe it's because the papaya and mango weren't in season. Maybe. Generic, uh, generic Canadian papaya and mango. Yeah. It's not as good when you get it right off of the vine, I guess. I don't know. Next time I'll go for canned papaya and mango. I did look. I tried to find canned just because the papaya was very expensive for what you needed it for. And the yeah. papaya was enormous. It was Our like the size of a two doll, a two liter of like soda. It was the size of a small baby. <laughs> a burger baby. How are you feeling about that? I'm going to I'm also, I'm going to give it a, no, I didn't really feel anything. It was like, okay, food going here. So I'll give it a two. All right. And reeatability. Would you eat this burger again? Yeah, I'll give it a three. Cause I could, I would eat it again. It wasn't offensive to your sensibilities. Also, uh, the salsa part was an easy scrape off if I needed to. Mm -hmm. So I, it may be just because I made the burger that gives me this frustration, <laughs> yeah. but I'm going to have to give this one a one. Ooh, dang. Because that was a lot of effort for a really boring burger. Aww. Like, it was not good for reasons of not it being bad, just that it wasn't interesting in any way. Yeah, that's fair. So for you, that is ten and a half. That's, that's about what I was hoping for right and down the middle. For me, it's also ten. That's pretty meh. Pretty meh overall. Are you ready to wrap this thing up? Yeah, baby! Thank you for listening to License to Grill, brought to you by the Ultimate Tabletop Network. Don't forget to return next week for Season 2, Episode 5, Food Truckin'. Again, if you want to cook up some burgers of the day for yourself, please check out the link in the podcast description and get yourself a Bun Buddy shirt from our Linktree and merch store. And as a special shout-out, we went to Fan Expo last week. And we handed out our link tree to so many people. So I wanted to shout out all of you new listeners from Fan Expo. You're awesome. And with that, good night, all my bum buddies. Bye-bye. If you're not real, then how come I feel this way? Little babies. Come here. Come here. Oh, little baby.